0: Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. Welcome again to Believer's Church. You know, when I was a freshman in high school, I got to the place when my dad wasn't around, I stopped obeying my mom. And uh, one day she asked me to do something and I just said, no, I said, I don't want to do it. And, uh, So mom tried to discipline me, and I took off. And when mom uh, was chasing us and upset, we would drive her crazy. She'd pick up anything she could find and throw it at me. So I'm running away, and shoes are flying over my head and other things, and I ran into the basement. And we grew up in a 1,600-square-foot ranch, and uh, that's a pretty good-sized basement, had three bedrooms, and uh, there were seven boys. But I, I ran to the back of the basement where there's a pool table, and mom's chasing me around the table, and I'm ducking as she throws things. And then we had that thing where we were, I'm going this way, she's going that way. Finally, I darted by her, and I ran up the steps into the garage. And I'm I'm running into the garage, and and, um, I was so thankful. As far as I knew, my dad wasn't home yet from work. And I I run out to the back. I'm on the patio, I'm on the grass, and I'm turning around just saying, no, 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 you're not going to get me, Mom. You'll never get me. And I'm thinking I'm going to run into the woods. So my dad had a garden, and he had a shed. And I'm going to turn the corner of the shed. One more time, I turn around laughing at my mom saying, you're never going to get me. And when I turned back around, my dad was standing there. He had come home and just went right to the garden. And I ran right into his arms. And all I'm going to say is, he took me down. And uh, (laughs) next thing I know, he's on top of me. And that's all I'm going to say. And uh, he took care of things for mom. And today, we're we're, going to talk about something that's very similar to what happened there. I want to welcome you to Test, Surviving the Toughest Moments of Life and this is lesson number 4 and here's what we're going to find out today when a test hits us and it comes at us head on uh, the most important thing we need to begin to look at the thing that's uh, going to get us it's the next test that comes and we're going to talk about that test that comes and it usually takes us down not the original test and and uh, we'll be talking about that today if you haven't been with us welcome here uh, to this series and you know i'm studying on tests and one of the thoughts that came to my mind is our military has to prepare their people for tough times and and i discovered that they have what's called seer training this is the patch that the army uh, would use and seer training uh, is for any soldiers that have the opportunity or the possibility i should say of being trapped behind enemy lines being taken captive by the enemy and or having to deal with terrible rough situations and terrain, so they train them in all that, and you know they train them what bugs they can eat, what what flowers they can eat, and it's a four-part training. The S stands for survival, E is evasion, R is resistance, and E is escape, and I showed you a little video to explain it in lesson one, but after I saw this, I got to thinking, well, God should have an acrostic, right? There should be something he taught us to do when we're under heavy test, And as I looked into it, I I came up with an acrostic that uh, just really makes this simple. It's the acrostic undo. And if you learn this and you work these simple four principles, and each principle is a lesson, so today's lesson four, if you work these simple principles, no matter what test hits your life, you'll be able to undo the damage that it's trying to do to you. And you'll be able to come out on the other side stronger, stronger, than you ever were, better than you ever were and you'll come out with honor on the other side. So that's what I'm trying to help us do in this series. Uh, the U stands for understand, that was lesson one. We have to understand where tests come from and I wanted you to walk out of lesson one remembering this. Tests exist to make us better, not bitter. And then we talked about navigating and remember the first rule of navigating, don't talk about your test. The second rule of navigating, don't talk about your test. Third rule of navigating, don't talk about your tests. Test. very much like Fight Club and we talked about the fact, yeah, you can go to a counselor, you can go to a mentor, but you don't wanna keep talking about your test. It, you'll never navigate out of it if you, if you do that. And we talked about uh, those types of things. And then D stands for detach. And if you weren't with us last week, we had an incredible time talking about detaching from our problems. And today I get to teach the one I've been looking forward to teaching this one. They've all been great, but this one's really exciting to me. We're gonna talk about the O, which, which, which means to oppose and we're talking about opposing the test, and um, we're gonna have a great time as we look into how to oppose. And I want you to understand up front, I'm not gonna talk to you about how to oppose that first test, I'm gonna talk to you about how to oppose the test that comes with the test, and you'll understand, so let let me help you understand by talking about uh, what I want you to walk out remembering today, And, and here it is. The most important test is the test that comes with your test. And there's always a test that comes with your test. And that's like running into my dad's hands as I'm running away from my mom. And that's what the enemy wants to do. Listen, when Jesus went into the wilderness, he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. The reason we fast is to create a crisis that causes us to detach and throw ourselves into God's arms. That's why we fast. Fasting is meant to create a crisis in our life. So Jesus had to do something Adam and Eve failed. He had, to, he had to pass the test that comes with the test. He had to pass that temptation test. And so after 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness, imagine fasting with water that long. This past January, I decided to do an extended water fast. And uh, the longest I had ever fasted in my life up to that point was three days. And so I, I had on my heart to go 21 days water fast, and I had never done that. And so uh, I I began to do it, and I I ended up going 11 days of water fasting. And uh, what happened on the 11th day that night, my body just started shaking like crazy, and I realized my electrolytes were out of balance. So I ate a banana, and everything calmed down, and then I had fruit the next day. But here's why I'm sharing that with you. Uh, During that time, I'm crying my heart out for the church. I'm crying my heart out for some, some other things in my personal life. And I'm telling you, when you water fast, it creates... A crisis and it opens you up to be tempted in other ways so Jesus after 40 days and 40 nights what happened the Bible says the devil came and what did the devil do he tested him that's the test that comes with the test and that's the one that I have failed over and over in my life and you'll hear me talk about it as we progress today and that's the one that really gets most of us and so what I want to help you understand is how to oppose this test that comes with the test, what did Jesus do? The, the devil uh, tested him in three areas and each time he tested him, what did he say? It is written and he, he said no to the test by standing on scriptures that he knew and you and I have the same ability to do that and if we don't do that, this test that comes with the test, it can turn our lives into a spin and it, it, can, it can cause us to walk away from God, build a wall between us and God it can really take us out of the race that God's called us to walk for His name. So I want to make sure you understand this. So here's what I want to do. I want to talk about some tests first uh, that, that can be overcome by opposing them. Uh, the first one is physical problems. Can we all agree, um, you know, if something happens to our body, we can pray, we can ask God to heal it. We can also go to medical doctors. We can have surgeries, procedures, and uh, uh, many, many physical tests can be overcome themselves, right? And then, and then you have financial problems and uh, financial problems can be overcome we can pray we can ask God to become involved in our lives we can go to the connect group Dave Ramsey's financial peace university we can obtain more wisdom and we can we can come out of financial tests those are tests that you can come out of but what's interesting is right while you're being hit with these the test that comes with these that's the one we're going to deal with today that's the one that gets people and then there are tests that you can't you, you you can't overcome them by opposing them you just can't. Uh, you just have to endure them, grieve, and get through them. Uh, one would be a relationship breakup, right? Uh, 99% of the time, if someone goes through a divorce, they have to grieve and go on. You're, you're not going to get remarried. Boyfriends, girlfriends break up. Um, you know, 99% of the time, you're not going to get back together. I, I remember my brother Michael. Uh, he, he dated uh, from, I think it was 17 in high school, he dated his wife, Barb, they dated, dated all through high school, and then I accepted Christ at 19, and then Mike came in later, and I think he was, he was uh, 17 when he came into the kingdom, and him and Barb, no lie, we start going to a church, they, they broke up uh, at least 20 times, and uh, they broke up, and then they'd come to church, and they'd come up to the pastor for prayer, and they broke up about 20 different times, but they kept getting back together. And they've been married now longer than Gina and I, so they got, they got it all together. But uh, typically, you're not gonna put that back together. Here's something else you can't put back together, the death of a loved one. Uh, you know, ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time, uh, we're not gonna raise someone from the dead. Um, and so what do you do? You grieve it, and you allow God to give you the grace to walk through it. But guess what, with these two, There's also a test that comes with these tests. And that's what I want to help you understand and see. That's what changed my life. Uh, And and I told you, this lesson changed my life. And I prepared this lesson about two months ago. And it was so impacting to me as I did it because it's not anything I didn't know. It's the perspective that God put it in. It's what he showed me concerning my life. And I saw more of the bigger picture. So I hope to help us see the bigger picture today. So let's take a look at a scripture. This is James chapter 1, verse 12, and it reads like this. Um, Happy are those who remain faithful under trials, because when they succeed in passing such a test, they will receive their reward, the life which God has promised to those who love him. So I want you to take a look right here. Happy are those who remain faithful under trials. Under trials is referring to the test that hit them head on. Do you remember we talked about it in lesson one? Uh, James is writing to people here that they were Jewish Christians and the Jewish authorities, they were so upset, they persecuted them so heavy that they literally took their houses away from them. So they threw these guys out on the street. Then they went to their bosses and said, fire every Jewish Christian. So then they they ended up with no job. So now they're homeless without a job and then they took the leaders, many of them they threw into jail, others they put to death. That's what they're going through. Now, now that's, that's under trial. That's the trial they, they're at. But notice the, first, the phrase before, before it, remain faithful. And remaining faithful is referring to that test that comes with the test. It's the test that we don't remain faithful. And, and I'll show you what it's referring to. And he goes on to say, if you can pass this test that comes with the test, he says, God will bless your life. And I've noticed in my life, God really blesses our life. Then he goes on, and we're going to talk about this later in detail, but the very next verse, listen to what he talks about. One of of the tests we'll be tempted with, he says, if we are tempted by such trials, we must not say this temptation comes from God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself tempts no one. This is a cool verse. So here's how I like to translate this verse. This This is what this verse means to me. God's the good guy, not the bad guy. He's good. And when you and I are tested, uh, one of the tests that comes with the test, and you know, the the devil comes to us, uh, and and he puts thoughts in our minds. I don't know how he does it, but he puts those thoughts in our head, and, and, and that's the test that comes with it. And sometimes he'll put thoughts in our head that God's the bad guy, and it's really important for us to understand God's the good guy. God's on your side and I'm going to skip the next two verses because he talks more about God being the good guy, and then I'll come back up to those verses. So so listen to verse 16. He says, Do not be deceived, my dear friends. Every good gift and every perfect present comes from heaven. It comes down from God, the creator of the heavenly light, who does not change or cause darkness by turning. So God never turns his back on us and lets us end up in darkness. God never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, today and forever. And look at what it says about God. God's the one that brings good things into your life. And if you weren't in lesson one, it will clear up everything. If you're sitting there saying, but why does, why do tests happen? I, I talked about it and showed you, I think, real simple uh, in lesson one. But notice how God's the good guy. Listen to the next verse, verse 18. By his own will, that means God chose this. It was his choice. Um, he brought us into being, that, that's referring to us accepting Christ and being born again. He says, through the word of truth, that's the good news, that Jesus saved you. He died for you. Accept him. So so God chose to do that. And then he says this, so that we should have first place among all creatures or creation. And this is really cool. He's saying God brings the good things in your life. Now, now look at what he's saying. He's saying that Christians, whether Jewish or Gentile, non-Christian, wherever we came from, when we accept Christ, he's saying that we are the apple of God's eyes. There's no creation he made. Those four creatures, those those creatures that circle the the throne and they worship God 24-7, when I read about them, they're remarkable. But you know what? God, God says, you're the apple of my eye. I love them, but I love you more. And God's saying he loves us Christians more than anything he's ever created. And I think that's really important when we're talking about tests, Think about the crazy times these people are going through, and what is God saying to them? He's saying, hey, I'm not the bad guy here. I'm the guy that brings blessing, and I love you more than anything I've ever, ever created. That's really important for us to understand. So then, let's go back to 13. Let's read it, and it reads like this. uh, Verse 13, uh, we are tempted by such trials, we must not say... This temptation comes from God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself tempts no one. Now listen to the very next verse, two verses. But we are tempted when we are drawn away and trapped by our own evil desires. Then our evil desires conceive and give birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. And for years I would read this saying, it just seems out of place. We're talking about you know, losing your home and uh, losing your job and all kinds of crazy tests, and then God talks about this. He's talking about the test that comes with the test. The most important test is the test that comes with the test, and here's what he's saying. And this happens every time we sin. He's saying temptation comes, and there's a sin nature in us, a part of us that can still do bad things. Thoughts come into our head, and he says it's baited. The enemy baits those thoughts. He camouflages them, just like we would bait, uh, and, uh, you know, our our, our, f- our worms or whatever to, to go fishing. He he baits it, and then he says we bite it, we take on to it, and he says we end up giving ourselves over to the second test that comes with the test. So I want to talk about these tests, and and I, I notice there's three categories for tests. And uh, I've fallen to, to all three at one time in my walk. So, uh, and we'll talk a little bit about them. But you can take every test that comes with the test. This is the test like the devil tested Jesus after 40 days of fasting. This is the most important test. If we don't conquer this, it will put us into a tailspin and we'll end up falling and, and walking away from God. And that first test ends up tripping us up into this second test. So uh, here, here's the first one and it's just real simple it's called self medicate we self medicate and as human beings that's something that's pretty easy for us to do all kinds of different ways to do it remember last week we read James 4 and in verses 1 through 6 i, I told you that's when god got upset with them because they had self medicated read those this week those first 6 verses do you know what they did they, they threw themselves back into the world and they threw themselves back into sin. Some major, some not. And God was upset with them because he, he said, he, he told them that, you, that you've given your heart to the world, you've given your heart to sin, and that's what self-medicating is. So there are times when I'll counsel different people and through the years I've helped a lot of, a lot of young men out and a lot of guys my age out. And uh, uh, it's amazing what the enemy does. Here you are hit on with this test And then he puts a thought in your mind. Yeah, you got to get drunk tonight. Just go get blasted, and uh, and he'll start tempting you to go do something that you know I shouldn't be doing that. But he'll put that thought in you. And what what are you doing when you do that? You're, you're self medicating. I talk to guys. They'll tell me, you know, I, I get I get in a fight with my wife, or this happens, or that happens, and I get so mad. And and then what do I do? I go back to my old habit. I self medicate. I look at some porn. And they're very sorry they do it. I talked to young men. You know, I was dating someone, they broke up with me, I'm upset, and I've fallen back. What, what's happening? The enemy's up there saying, You should do this, you should do that. And all of us have to deal with it. It could be us throwing ourselves into something of this earth that's not a sin but we're self-medicating by consuming ourselves with it. So this is an area, uh, A couple. uh, what was it, two months ago when I did this lesson, this is when the lights went on for me because I've struggled with self-medicating with food. I mean, I've struggled with that through my life, and uh, I'll never forget, this happened a while back, but I I went through a really tough day. It was a hard day, had all kinds of problems come at me, and I'm leaving about seven o'clock at night, and I get into my car, I'd already eaten, and I hear this voice say, you should go to Subway on your way home. <laughs> it, but but here's, what, here's what I heard. You should get two footlongs and, uh, and two bags of chips. Now, they were just one serving. I'm, I'm not a glutton. They were just one serving size chips, you know. And then and, and get six cookies. And... Uh, so I said, nah, I just I ate already. I'm not going to do that. And I'm not looking at this as a test that comes with a test, you know. And I said, no, no, no. And so you know how Subway's right, right out here. And uh, so, so I'm leaving. And right where I get close to Subway, I hear again, you should go to Subway. And you should get two foot-long subs. And I don't know what happened. Something grabbed my will, and I just, <laughs> I, I don't know how that works. And I found myself parked in front of Subway. And so I go in. And this is how I go in. I go in, and I say, okay. Uh, I'm ordering for myself and a friend, um, and, and I said, so my friend wants uh, the Italian sub, a foot-long Italian, and, and they go, okay, and I said, I said, I'll have the tuna salad sub, and uh, so then when they say, what do you want on this Italian sub, I go, let me see, my friend said, and I, you know, and I'm acting like I'm not going to eat them both, and, and then I get the two chips, I get the six cookies, so then I drive home, and, and, and I find a private place at home, and, uh, and I eat the two subs the two bags of chips and the six cookies. And I'm sitting there and then a thought comes in my mind, you need to wash this down with some ice cream. So then I'm like, (laughs) I don't need any ice cream. And uh, before I know it, I'm dishing out ice cream and having some ice cream. That's the test that comes with the test. And all of us have different ways that the enemy tries to get us to self-medicate. And, and, what we need to do is see it for what it is. I've noticed when I see it for what it is, it's easier to say no to it. Here's the second one. It's called self-pity, and this one, boy, this has gotten me many times. This is the woe is me. I have the worst life ever, and nothing ever goes right for me, and my life stinks, and everybody else's life is better than mine, and the enemy just will stand there, and he will talk those thoughts into your head, and you and I have to realize what he wants us to do is he wants that tailspin. He wants us to, 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 to hold on to that. And what happens when we hold on to that? We become bitter. We become angry. And we walk, we walk away from our passion for God. It drowns us. Now the third one is called questioning. And it's referring to questioning God. And uh, I have done this in my own life many times. The Bible calls it tempting the Lord, testing the Lord. And uh, I I have fallen into this at times. And this is when we just begin to blame God. We begin to say, God, where were you? And I wanna talk to you about tempting, because this is really important, uh, tempting the Lord. And I'm gonna read a scripture in a moment. But uh, the children of Israel, God delivered them out of Egypt. And I mean, they, they were slaves. Everyone that was delivered was a slave their entire life. That's a long time. They only knew slavery. God, through Moses, brings them out. And now they're in the wilderness and they're there just a couple days, and they, they don't have any water. Do you know what they do when they don't have any water? They begin to tempt God, they begin to question God, and they go up to Moses and they say, what did you do, you delivered us from Egypt so that we can die of thirst in the wilderness? They said, we'd be better off in Egypt, and they began to complain and question God and question what God was doing, and God was so gracious, you know. they, they were still learning, so he told Moses, hit a rock with your rod and water came out, it's a cool story. But after all that, here's what the Bible says, Exodus 17, seven. It says this, the place was named Maza, which means testing, and Meribah, which means complaining, because the Israelites complained and put the Lord to the test. And when they asked, uh, they put him to the test when they asked, is the Lord with us or not? And that's what it means to test the Lord you begin to say, Lord, where are you? Lord, why did you allow this to happen? And that's what was happening in James, and that's why, remember the first the section we read? Every good thing comes from God. Don't say you're being tes- tested by God. Don't blame God for your test. But I remember when my son, Joe Jr. was a little kid, uh, grade school, uh, he went over to his friend Tremaine's house, and we didn't know Joe had asthma, we had no idea, and we didn't know he was allergic to dogs. And they had a dog, and Joe went into this crazy asthmatic attack where he could not breathe it's scary and we're rushing him to a hospital and he he i'm watching my son he can't breathe and i'm praying like crazy god heal him god fix this god take care of this and then i went evangelist and said i command you to breathe in the name of jesus nothing nothing's happening nothing's happening so we get him to the hospital thankfully they took him back and they they have all the things they shoot him with and he was fine But during that time when they took him into the room, and I wasn't allowed to go in that room, I had all kind of thoughts bombard my head, like, God, how could you not answer my prayer? Joe's an innocent little kid. How could you not answer? Where were you? Why did you allow this to happen? And it began to just bombard me. I think all of us at one time or another have had, we've had that happen to us in our lives. And... uh, and, and thankfully, I knew enough of the Bible to, to I, 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 I was in that state for a little while, but I knew enough of the Bible to say, you know what, I know that's not God. I don't understand it. And sometimes that's, that's what we need to do. I don't understand it, but I know it's not God, and I'm definitely not going to blame God for that. And so these are the tests that come with the tests. So listen to what God said in James 4. This is after he told him, hey, you've jumped into the world and you need to, you need to come out. You're, you've given yourself to self-medicating. He says in verse 7, so then submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will run away from you. And resist means to oppose. That's what undo. We're going to oppose him. We're going to resist him. And uh, I think this is fascinating. When you understand verses 1 through 6, submit to God means, hey guys, you got to make a decision you're going to stop self-medicating stop the self-pity, stop the questioning, you've got to make a decision. Yeah, you have a crazy test. Can you all agree that's a crazy test? Someone takes your house, someone fires you from your job, that's a crazy test. He says, but you, you, you need to do what we talked about last week, because verse 8 says, draw close to God, and God will draw close to you. That's, that's the detachment. And so what he's saying to them here is, listen, you have the power in you to say no to those thoughts, those thoughts which are the tests that come with the test and you can change your life when you begin to say no to those different thoughts. And for so many of us, we we just think that's part of life, so we don't even fight it. We don't even resist it. It's just it's just part of doing life. But God's saying no, you 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 can resist him and he will flee from you. He's the one that brings the test with the test. So I think that's really important. And then what you need to do is you, you need to understand, you need to navigate, you need to detach, and then you begin to oppose. So I'm going to read another verse of Scripture and close with this. It's, to me, th- this is one of the coolest Scriptures in the Bible. And listen to what God says, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Every test that you have experienced is the kind that normally comes to people, but God keeps His promise, and He will not allow you to be tested beyond your power to remain firm. At the time you are put to the test, He will give you the strength to endure it and so provide you with a way out and it's interesting when you read the verses above this verse you know what he's talking about he gives example after example of Israel failing the test that came with their test he's not talking about their first test he's talking about them failing the test that came with the test and this is an incredible verse of scripture you know what this verse of scripture screams to me it's really powerful that God will never allow me to be tested above my ability to say no Kind of made me mad, too, um, because it's like, come on, God, this thing's way, I, God, I don't have the power to say no to this. And I realize sometimes we need help, we need, you know, we need some counseling and things like that. But, but God's saying, uh, there's nothing that comes at you that I can't give you the strength to say no to. That's pretty encouraging. And, and God says, I'll never let a test hit you that you're not strong enough to take. And if it's a really strong one, I'll give you more strength. Isn't he saying, I'll give you more strength so you can handle the strong one. We also call that grace you know, I kind of like to say God puts a governor on our test. When, when I was in grade school, I rode the bus all the way through my senior year. Uh, dad, Mom didn't drive and dad, dad was always at work. So I had to jump on a bus and uh, uh, I had some crazy bus drivers. And you know how they don't have seat belts on a school bus. I don't know if they do today, but we, they, they could only go so fast but they were crazy they took corners really fast and they stopped fast they started fast i just had a couple crazy bus drivers and the one thing they couldn't do is go too fast because they put a governor on the the bus motor so the motor can only go to a certain speed and then this governor stops it and that's what god's saying to us he's saying i put a governor on those tests and you'll never be tested with something you're not big enough and strong enough to say no to and i don't know about you that makes me happy, and that changes the game, because now that the, the enemy's been telling me in my head, this is bigger than you, this is stronger than you, you can't overcome it, and now I realize, no, 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 the most important test is the test that comes with the test, but we can take that test, it's kind of like, devil, bring it on, I'm going to say no to it, I'm going to do what Jesus did after 40 days of water fasting, I'm going to resist the test that comes with the test, I'm going to endure to the end of this crazy thing that hit my life, and I'm going to come out better, not bitter. And that's the heart of God for every single one of us. So I want, to, I want to close by praying. Can we close our eyes, bow our heads? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for these incredible people that are sitting in front of me. For some, Lord, they, they're hearing some of this for the first time. Others, Lord, they've been around like me and it's just kind of putting it in a, in a perspective that makes it easier to understand. And, and Lord, as we, as we pray now, as we, we see ourselves right before your throne, there are some folks in here that need special help. They, they need you to help and strengthen them like you promised. And, Lord, you said this. You said that when we need help, when we're helpless, we can come to the throne of grace to obtain health. And you said in the time of need, you would give us the strength that we need. So right now, we're going to pray that way. If you're here and you say, Pastor Joe, there's a certain thing that keeps stripping me up, I want you to pray with me right now, okay? You can whisper. You don't have to say it out loud, but I want you to pray. And Lord, I thank you for every person right now in this room, and uh, they're whispering that thing that keeps tripping them up, Lord, that test that comes with the test. And Lord, here's my prayer. We're going to do just what the Bible says. We ask you to give us grace, which is your ability. that supersedes our ability. Give us grace to say no and to resist those tests, Lord God. And you just let them know what it is. Say, I need grace in this area. And Lord, as we're... Asking you for help. We thank you, Lord God, that there's no test that can take us down. That you give us the grace to handle any test. And Lord, we thank you that you give us the strength to handle any test. And Lord, my prayer right now is as we go through the next couple weeks, open our eyes up when we need to navigate. Open our eyes up when we need to detach. And open our eyes up when we need to oppose. And Lord, we just take a moment and we say thank you. Thank you for making it simple for us. Thank you for helping us overcome in every area we need to overcome. Church, if you can agree with that, would you say amen to it? Let's stay in an attitude of prayer. You, you can bow your heads again. Let's, let's just pray. Uh, I, I want to I make one more invitation, do one more prayer. If you're here and you're not sure of your forever, you're not sure of eternity, you're not sure of where you're going to go when you die, I, I want you to listen real close. Maybe you walked in and you, you, you were an atheist, Maybe you walked in and you're agnostic or you're somewhere in between. You're, you're just not sure about God and, and somebody invited you to church and I'm so, so glad you're here. Listen, right now I'm not asking you to join our church. I'm not asking you to join our church. I'm not asking you if you grew up in a Christian church. I'm not asking you if you're a member of a Christian church. I am not asking you if you were water baptized as a baby or an adult. All those are great things. Here's what I'm asking. Can you remember a moment in your life when you made it real with God? A moment in your life when you prayed and you said jesus i believe in you and i accept you and i make a decision to follow you i did that at 19 my whole world turned around the lights went on it's incredible when the lights go on inside you so heads are bowed eyes are closed you're here you say pastor joe i can't remember that here's what i'm asking you to do jesus died for the sins of the entire world god raised him up from the dead and if you're here and you say pastor joe i believe that i'm ready to to accept him as savior today Here's what I'm asking you Would you pray with me right now? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. And if you're here and you say that to me, would you pray this prayer from your heart and mean it? Everyone else in the room, would you help them pray? Say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner. I repent for all my sins. And this day, I give my heart to Jesus. Jesus, I believe. And I accept you as my Savior. And I make a decision to follow you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.